Thank you for listening to Connection Church's podcast. This week, student pastor John Irvin shares part two of the series, Core. In this message, John talks about the core value of invite. He explains that our willingness to invite is determined by our level of investment. Well, good morning, everyone, again. How's everyone doing? Good, good, good. All right. Well, my name is John. I'm the student pastor here, and um, I get the incredible privilege of sharing with y'all this morning. I'm super excited about it. If this is your first time, I'm just so glad um, that you're here and that you just joined us for worship. If you've been here a hundred times, hey, I'm thrilled that you're here as well. Thanks for continuing coming back. Um, I hope you do it again next week um, after I speak. So um, this morning, we are continuing this core series. And um, again, this, this whole series, we're talking about the core values of this church. And basically what that is, is these are the kind of the non-negotiables um, for us as a church. These are the things that we truly believe are going to help us continue the vision um, that, that God has given us. And we, we really believe that every single one of us um, should, be, should be doing these four things um, in our everyday lives. And um, of course, the four things are, just as Brandon said, um, they're invest, invite, serve, and encourage. Um, last week, Billy did an incredible job of um, sharing about invest. Um, I really enjoyed it. He really set the bar high. And um, I got really worried after I heard it because I was like, oh no, I'm coming next week. Um, people are going to leave. Um, but hopefully I can um, do um, a good job and just help communicate um, what I want to talk about today. Of course, when, when Billy was sharing, he was talking about how um, we're to invest in three different things. Um, he talked about how we need to invest in our relationship with Christ, um, being in the word, praying. You know, He offered um, the, those two-day reading plans for you to, to kind of help get into the word. He talked about how we need to invest in other people, about how there's, there's people all over the place that we need to pour into, that we have a calling um, from Christ to pour into those other people. And, and the third thing he says is that we need to invest in the local church. That's, that's us. That's the body of Christ, that you need to get involved in the connect group. You need to serve, and you need to give um, financially and... and, and um, graciously um, to what, what the church is doing. Um, today, we're going to be talking about invite. And um, I'm super excited about it because I, I realized that um, this really piggybacks off of um, our investment. And um, the thing that I thought about is that our willingness to invite someone somewhere is based off of our investment. I'm going to say that again, like our willingness to invite someone somewhere is based off of our investment. And so we can really think about what we learned last week about our level of investment is really going to directly determine whether we're going to um, invite somebody, um, whether that's to a relationship with Christ or whether that's to church or to a connect group. And so um, today we're going to be turning to the scriptures and we're going to be seeing what um, Jesus says about that because I figure, hey, that's probably a good start. Jesus knows what he's talking about. Um, So if you will, go ahead and turn in your Bibles to Luke chapter 14. Um, I'm going to give a little bit of background during this time. Um, this is Jesus talking. Um, you can see by the red print in your Bible. It's a little, um, little trick that the Bible writers give us. So we know this is Jesus, and basically he's giving a parable. And basically what a parable is, is it's more or less a story. It's, it's something that Jesus used to help, um, help people understand what he was talking about. More or less help dumb people, me understand like this big, incredible gospel that, um, that he's trying to explain. And so... Um, he's, he's using this, this parable about the great banquet, about the great feast. And, um, and, and what you have to understand is during this time, during in the, in the culture in this time, when, when a community, when somebody put on a feast or put on a banquet or, or, or hosted a party, like the whole community shut down. Like you went to this thing, no one didn't go to us. You put on your best clothes, you showed up on time. Like this was a big deal back then. And so 
like everybody knew during this time how important it was to go to something like this. They, the person that was hosting it knew what a great responsibility he had or, or she had to put on a, a great event, to, to, to put on something that everything would be provided for, that you'd have the best food, the best music, the best DJ in town, like, like everything. Like you, you were going to have the, the best thing going on. And so that's kind of the, the scene of what's going on right here. That's kind of the, the setup. And um, so we're going to go ahead and read that. We're going to be in Luke 14, starting with verse 15. This is what it says. When one of those who reclined at the table with him heard these things, he said to him, Blessed is everyone who will eat bread in the kingdom of God. But he said to him, A man once gave a great banquet and invited many. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, Come, for now everything is ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said to him, I have bought a field, and I must go out and see it. Please have me excused. And another said, I have bought five yoke of oxen, and I go to examine them. Please have me excused. Another said, I have married a wife, and therefore I cannot come. So the servant came and reported these things to his master. Then the master of the house became angry and said to his servant, Go out quickly to the streets and lanes of the city, and bring in the poor and the crippled and the blind and the lame. And the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, and still there is no room. And the master said to his servant, Go out to the highways and the hedges, and compel people to come in, that my house may be filled. For I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Let's pray. Father, um, God, I just love you, God. Um, I thank you for um, the gift of salvation that I've received um, through your son, God. And um, I, just, I just pray this morning, God, that um, we recognize um, the greatness of who you are, God. We recognize um, that what you, what you did on that cross, God, is something that we can't not talk about. That, God, we see um, just how much of a value that, that is to us, God, and we understand the worth of that. And that we're compelled to go out and to tell people about this, God. We just pray that you, you speak to us, God, in a way only you can speak to us. And we ask you that this morning. In your heavenly name I pray. Amen. All right, so I'm a, a student pastor, so I, I, most of my analogies and most of my stories are going to go back to like your middle and high school age group. And so I, I was thinking about things, and the thing that I think about so often is that like in middle school and high school, there's kind of this, this one um, year that like we always think back to and that's your eighth grade year right we all can picture like when I say the word eighth grade dance we all have an idea in our mind like what that means right you got all the like the guys on this side like the girls are are over here on this side like you kind of have a like the party of the red sea going on in between there but like and then all of a sudden like you know one of the guys like he's like the the cool guy he's like I'm gonna go I'm gonna go ask Melanie to dance and so like he kind of you know starts strolling on over there right and like goes over there, asks her how to, you know, ask her to dance. And then they, and then she's like, okay, yeah, sure, I'll, I'll come. She comes out in the middle and like they, they don't really know what to do with their hands. And so like they just kind of, it's, it's awkward, but like there's a lot of room for Jesus. So that's great. So keep that going. Um, but like, it's just awkward, but we all, we can all think back to that. Right. And like the other thing we think about is I think about that end of the year, eighth grade party, right? This is when Amanda Fitzgerald, the most popular girl in school is throwing the big party, right? Her parents, they've got the pond house, right? And the parents are going to be upstairs 
and the, the party's going to go on downstairs, right? And so, you know, like every now and then parents might come down, but you know, like there's a chance that some hand holding is probably going to go on, right? And like maybe some truth or dare is going to be going on. And so it's like, you're, you're, just, you're anticipating, like, if you're an eighth grader and, like, you're like, I want to be invited to this party. Like, I know this party is going to be the junk. Like, everyone's going to be there. I might get my first kiss there. It's going to be great. And, like, you want to be invited. But then see Amanda. She knows that, like, how important it is for certain people to be there, right? And she's got that the exclusive list of who's going to get invited to this party, right? She, she comes to school, she's got her little personalized invites, and she begins handing them out, right? Your heart starts pounding hard because you're like, I want to be invited to this thing. But she recognizes how she wants certain people there because she sees the value in these people that are coming here. And, you know, I, and I think about that, and, like, I think we can all, you know, remember something like that where there's something that you wanted to, to get to, and, and what I think about that is that same thing in what we just read in Luke is that this, this master who's putting on this party, he knew how incredible of a party this was going to be. He wanted everybody there, right? And so he knew that this thing that people were coming to, it was going to be good. It was going to be worth attending. But then he also knew that he wanted certain people there. And, and so, so when I thought about this whole, this invite core value, I, I thought about it in, in two different ways that we have to recognize you know, the, the thing that we're inviting somebody to, but we also have to recognize the person that we're inviting. And so we're going to start off with, with point one. And um, so if you're taking notes, you could write this down. Um, point one is we have to place value on what we are inviting them to. We have to place value in what we're inviting them to. And so like you've got to see that thing as, as a big deal. So if it's salvation, that like, that's going to be important to you. You've got to see value in that. If that's church, that you've got to see that there's value in somebody coming to this. And, you, and, and I was thinking about this, and I was trying to think of a way that would make us understand that. And, and I thought about the, the example of, you know, somebody that goes to the gym a lot. Like, you know those people that are just gym freaks? Yeah, I don't get it, um, clearly. Um, but like they, like, they just love going to the gym, don't they? And so they love talking about, hey, I'm going to the gym today, I'm going to put up a couple sets. You know, like they're, they're crazy about going to the gym. But like, what's the, the interesting thing is that if you look at those people that love going to the gym, what's the one thing that are, is the same for all of them? You know what it is? They look good. Like, let's be honest. Like, people that love going to the gym, chances are they... They got, a lot, they got good stuff going on, right? And so, like, the thing is that for somebody that doesn't go to the gym, they can look at that person, they can see, all right, whatever it is that you're doing, like, obviously, it's working. Obviously, you're getting something out of it. And so they see how much, that they see the value in the thing that you're excited about. And so and that, that person that goes to the gym all the time, they can't stop talking about it because they've seen what it's done for them, and they want to share it with other people. They want to share that, that look, I've started going, I've seen change in my life, I've got more energy in my life, and so I want to tell people about it. You know, I think about this, I think, you know, recently I just got married, and I'm um, super excited about that, yeah. Um, and so, but the thing that I love being able to do is um, my wife still hasn't met all of my friends that, you know, I grew up with. And so I love being able to introduce her to the people that, you know, I, that I grew up with. And so, because, like, I'll go, I'll introduce them, like, hey, Robert, um, this is um, Natalie, my wife. And you kind of, like, every single time they, they, they see me do that, you can, they kind of kind of look at me, and then they look at her. And so, and, and I realize what they're doing. They're thinking back to who I was then. And they, they know who I was. They know the just oddity that I am. And they're like, okay. I know you, now I'm looking at, at her, like, how did you, I don't know, I have no idea how I got that, but obviously there is a God, he loves me, and like, because I'm one of those guys that like, um, I'm married up, 
Um, and anyone else in here, any guys in here that you, you married up? Like, if you're a guy in here, you're like, you're unsure whether you married up or not. I'm going to go ahead and clear that up for you. You did. Um, because I'm looking at you and then I'm looking at them. And let's be honest, they're prettier, they smell better and they're smarter. Amen, ladies? Exactly. All right. So we can all recognize that we can, we can all understand that. But the thing is like the reason I love doing that, and I love telling people about it is because I love to be, be able to tell them like what I have now in, the, in this woman, like how she encourages me. She loves me for who I am, that she's there for me, that she's pretty. Like that's great too. Like that I love telling people about it. And they see that in me. They see the, the value of what I'm placing in this new relationship. They're like, wow, whatever you have, like I want that. And I love telling people about that. You know, I think about it in terms of church, right? And I think about, you know, are, are, you know, are we excited about what goes on here? Are we excited about our connect group? Um, the connect group I'm in, um, awesome group of guys. I love them. And um, it's just a, an awesome community that just loves digging in and, and pursuing the Lord. And um, several months ago, we were having a, um, several weeks in a row, we just had some awesome groups. We really just tackled some good things. We really just dug in. And like, we kind of started joking around that like we had the best connect group ever, right? Because like, we were just so excited about what God was doing. And like, so one night we came home from connect group and, and Sean, one of the guys in the group, he posted on Facebook, we've got the best connect group ever, right? And like, I, we're all just like, yeah, that's right, we do. Well then Casey Williams, a uh, uh, woman that, goes to church here. She posted underneath that. She's like, uh-uh, we got the best connect group ever. And like, for me, that was so cool because you saw somebody that was sold out to their group of people. And to them, it was the best thing in the whole wide world. They knew the value of what they had there. And so they would have no problem inviting somebody to that. Like I would have no problem inviting somebody to my connect group. Cause I know if they come, they are going to see Jesus. They're going to learn about Jesus. And they're going to see a group of guys that love Jesus and love each other. And so it's like, that's an, that's an easy thing for me to invite people to because I'm, I'm sold out on what it is that, I'm invested in what it is that, that we're doing. You know, think about like church here, here on Sunday mornings, like, are we invested in this? And you can, you can kind of ask yourself that is, is, you know, are you engaged in what's being talked about? Are you taking notes? Are you on the edge of your seat? Are you kind of, you know, reclined? Wanting, you know, and, and the Lord, like, he convicted me like crazy on this a couple weeks ago because I was preparing this sermon. And I was thinking about, like, man, there's so many people out there that they're just, they're not even taking this serious. There's some of them are asleep. And, like, I'm sitting on the, you know, the, the back row right back there. Brandon's preaching his heart out. And all of a sudden I looked at my, my, the, my position in my body and I was just slouched in the seat. I mean, I was listening, but I was not engaged. And, I, and the Lord just, like, smacked me across the face. He's like, who are you to go and tell people to get engaged and you're not even engaged. And so look, I've got to be called on this too. Like there's, there's moments that I'm not fully invested in it. But then when I realize like what's, that like the word of God is being preached, like how could I not be engaged in that? How could I not value that? And so I, I just think about that. Like we've got to have confidence in what we're inviting somebody to. We've got to realize that this is something worthwhile. And you know, and I think about it, you know, the, the two things that we're really predominantly talking about is, is inviting people to a relationship with Christ and inviting them to church or to a connect group, right? And so let's think about those things. Okay, salvation, the gospel. Someone who is dead, is raised from the dead, has eternal life, never dies, gets to have a relationship with the creator of the entire universe. I don't know about you, like, that seems like a pretty cool thing. Like, that's like, like, it's not hard to understand that. Like, wow, there's a lot of value in that. That's like, that's incredible. That's great. 
And so, like, obviously we can see value in that. Or, or what about church? Okay, like, you know, we talk about all the time about the net steps that people t- take because we know how important that is. And, you know, this year we've seen 75, 76 people accept Christ, you know, go from death to life. We've seen hundreds of people take their net step. You know, we've seen people join connect groups. We've seen people step up to serve. And it's like, when, when, you, when you realize how incredible that is and that like one, we get to see people receive Christ. That's awesome. We get to see people get baptized, literally a tangible expression of somebody going from death to life. Like that's something that I would want somebody else to experience. I'd want them to come and be a part of it. And so like, I I would ask you is like, what do you think about this? Like, what do you think about your connect group? What do you think about, you know, your community of believers? Are you excited about it? Is it something that you would want somebody else to experience? I know I would. Like this morning, I'm, I'm you know, standing there worshiping and I'm just, you know, we, we get to just praise God and, you know, here um, in the mornings and we have this incredible facility and I'm just like, man, I would want anybody to come here. Like I want anybody to experience what's going on here. And so we have to value the thing that we're inviting somebody to. Point number two is that we have to place value on who we're inviting, right? We see, again, going back to that scripture, that this master, he, he wanted people to be there because, and he knew that, that he cared for those people. And he's, he's like, I want them to experience what's going on. But, you know, I thought about this and then last week I was listening to Billy and he's talking about, you know, investing in people. And immediately I kind of went to, you know, investing in, pe- in things like financially, like when we invest our money, like I recently just started um, investing my money. I don't really have a lot of money, but I figure want to kind of, kind of set up some things for retirement. So I started kind of dabbling in, in, in doing some investment. And the thing about when you're investing your money is you don't invest in something you don't see value in, do you? Like right now, I'd probably encourage y'all or discourage y'all, um, don't really invest in Blockbuster. Not doing the greatest. Like that's probably not a good company to invest in right now. Um, and so like, it's easy to see that. Like we wouldn't invest our money in that. And like the thing I thought about, I was like, wait a minute, okay. If we think about this in terms of, of our finances and how we invest whether we see value in something, is that what we do with people? We're like, in reality, the reason we don't invest in them or the reason we don't invite them is because you don't see value in them. And it's like, I was like, well, no, like that can't be. Like, no, that, that's not it. But then I was like, ooh, what if it is? What if that's the reason that I'm not pouring into people? What if that's not the reason that I'm not inviting them to a relationship with Christ or inviting them to church because maybe I don't, see them, them worthy enough. And, you know, and I think that, I think a lot of times the way that we invite people is the same way we invite them to that eighth grade party where it's only if they meet that exclusive list, right? Or the way we invite them to a wedding. Like it's only, you can only have so many people. And, but what I realize is that's, that's not the, that's not the gospel. That's not what, what Jesus told us to do. That like we know in First in, in Timothy, that Jesus talks about, God talks about how his heart is for everyone to be saved, for everyone to come to the knowledge of truth, right? We know um, John three sixteen, most known Bible verse in the world. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whosoever, right? Whosoever, like anyone. Romans 1, 16 that for I'm not ashamed of the gospel for it is by the power of God for salvation that everyone will be saved. And I just, that, that salvation is for everyone, right? 
And it's like, I, and I, I think about that and I'm like, is that how we view things? Do we truly want salvation for everyone? You know, or, 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 you know when, when you think about the, the scripture in Luke, you know, he, he originally, he just invited like his friends. He, just, he invited the people that he thought would, would attend, right? But those people didn't come. And so then he's like, all right, get whoever you can. Go out, get the crippled, get the lame, get the blind. Like, because he's like, I'm, I now begin caring about these people. In the beginning, he wasn't really thinking about those people. He was thinking about, okay, just invite the people that you would normally expect, right? And what happened, his, his servant came back and he's like, well, I tried, but like none of them wanted to come. And it's like, you know, have we done that same thing where we're like, we go, we start telling people about church, but then nobody comes. But then, we're, but then are, do we need to have that calling to go and, well, whatever you do, gotta do, like compel them to, to come to this thing, compel them to come in a relationship with Christ. And I guess the, the thing that I would challenge us with is that like, how concerned are we with these empty seats that are in here? How concerned are we with, with that seat that's sitting right next to you that doesn't have somebody in it? Because that person, they need to know Jesus. That person is a mother, is a father, is a brother, is a sister, is a friend. And it's like, how concerned are we that this seat's empty right now? Or are we more concerned about the seat that we're in? And we're more concerned about, are, do we have what we need? Do we have, do, we, do we have our things covered? We need to come to a point that we recognize that we're the same as them. Billy talked about it last week. The only thing different is that we have Jesus now. But we were in that same boat as them. You know, and I, and I just, I think about this and I think about how a lot of what we do here on Sunday mornings is geared for these people that aren't in these seats right now. It's geared to make it an environment and make it something that people would want to come and, 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 and is, is inviting. And not to say that we don't care about those that are already here, that like obviously that's a big part of us. I mean, you know, like our mission statement is connecting unbelievers to God and believers to each other, right? That, that like we want to connect you with each other. Like when we first started the church, that mission statement actually had a tagline at the end of it and it was connecting unbelievers to God and believers to each other through the equipping of the saints for the work of the ministry. That's super important to us. Like we need to equip people for the work of the ministry. We need, we need to, but the, the first part of that mission statement is what? It's connecting unbelievers to God. That's our first call as a church is that we want to fill these seats. We want to share Christ with people. We want them to come in a relationship, but we've got to come to a point that we, we realize that just because we now know it, that that should put a burden on us to begin telling that to other people. And we, we got to have to continue to realize that we are no different than, than where they were, that we're, we're in the same thing. And so when I was thinking about this, I, you know, when I was first thinking about this concept of, of invite, I was thinking about it in terms of just these two things, that we need to recognize the value of the thing that you're inviting somebody to, and we need to recognize the value of the person that you're inviting. But then through that whole process, I realized that something else was taking place and that this kind of is involved in both of those processes. And it kind of gave me a point three. And the point three is that until we recognize the magnitude 
of what Jesus did for us, until we recognize the value of what Jesus did for us, it's not worth investing in someone and it's not worth inviting somebody. Because we have to come to a point that we fully recognize what Christ did for us. Because the reality is, and y'all have heard these verses before, in Romans it talks about how all of us have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. We've heard that before, we know that. But I think at some point, once we become a Christian, we kind of, we kind of forget that a little bit. And, and that's something that we think, oh, well, I, I, I'm, that doesn't affect me anymore. But the, the reality is, is that we were once sinners. Romans continues and it talks about that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And like, in spite of the fact that we sinned, Christ still decided to die for us. Billy hit last week, talking, he talked about in 2 Corinthians, the verse where it says, for he made him who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf so we might become the righteousness of God in him. And you know, and I, and I heard those words and I'm like, man, yeah, absolutely. Like, that's so, that's so great. But I think sometimes like, I don't even realize what that means. Like, I don't realize how great that really is. And a couple weeks ago at youth, I got asked this question. And, um, and what's so cool is the person that asked it is actually on the front row. And what I think is so cool about that is the fact of how invested he is in his relationship with Christ that he wants to know more. And so that um, he wants to, to be engaged. And so he's going to be on the front row. He's going to be asking the right questions. And so how incredible is that we have youth that pursue Jesus like that? It's awesome. Um, but the question was raised that, well, like a lot of people have died for people before. Like, you know, so what's the big deal about Jesus dying for us? Like, why did it have to be him? And it's like, the question was asked and I'm like, um, well, like Jesus, like I just, it, like, it caught me off guard for a second because not that I didn't know that, but it's like really putting in, in terms that I really like understood, like was tough. And it's like, I was trying to answer for a little while and like I was just fumbling and just failing miserably. But then like, I came up with this, this, this analogy, if you were, this parable, if you will, that like, Take a situation where you have, and it's kind of an odd one, so just go with me on it. All right, so you got two murderers, okay? So there's these two people that have committed murder, right? They're on death row. They are guilty, right? And the week before they're gonna be put to death, one of those murderers goes to the judge. He says, judge, I wanna die for my friend. I wanna die for him. I wanna take his punishment for him, right? And the judge looks at him, he's like, like, what, what do you mean? Like, What's that, what's that worth? It's not worth anything. Like you were already guilty of murder. You were already guilty of, of punishment. So what is you dying gonna do for him? And like it hit me, I was just like, that's why what Jesus did was so incredible because he was the only one that was worthy of dying for us. He was the only one worthy of taking that punishment from us. And I think that, like, I think sometimes we've got we've to stop and we've got to recognize that. And we've got to realize that. You know, I was thinking about, about the worth of Jesus and the worth of this gospel because I think so often we just, we don't value it and we don't consider it um, for what it, it truly is. And, and I thought about something I've got a uh, $100 bill, 
crisp $100 bill. It's awesome. Now, if I said to y'all, who here wants $100? A lot of people, you would have no problem wanting this $100, right? Because why? You see the value in this $100, right? You want, you want money. Like you, you want it to get some new shoes or a drill. I don't know. Like you see, you see how important this is. And so it wouldn't be hard for you to go, I want that. Let me have it, right? So let's say I give it to you, right? I give it to you, you now have $100, right? But then I challenge you and I say, okay, this is what I want you to do. I want you to take that $100, you got that $100. I'm gonna give you another $100. And I want you to find someone that needs $100. Someone that's in need of money, right? Yeah, now if you don't give it to them, I'm not gonna take your $100 away, but... I want you to find somebody. Most of us in this room, that wouldn't be hard for us, right? You could find somebody that needs $100. You could probably find somebody in this church that financially needs $100. College students, y'all would probably put your hands up immediately. Yeah, well, I'll take the $100. Like, I'm in need. Like, it would be easy for you to identify the need in somebody else financially. So why can't we identify the need of people spiritually? Why do we value this? more than we value the gospel? Why do we value this more than we value Sunday mornings or our connect group? And it's just like, I don't know, this, this hit me kind of hard because I was like, wow, am I more concerned with, with, with this and about, giving, and, and about identifying a need in somebody else that I can't see the need that they have for Jesus? And you know what? I just have to ask the question of like, do you value your relationship with Christ? We all value this. Got no problem valuing this. Do you value your relationship with Christ? Do you understand what it's worth? The second question I would ask you is does it spur you to invite others into that same relationship? Scripture talks about that. It's out of the overflow that our heart speaks. So my question is, what are you overflowing with? What are you passionate about? What are you excited about? What can people identify in you that is that, is that great thing, is that thing that you can't stop talking about? And you know, and, and if, if that doesn't spur us on to, to, to wanna share, to wanna talk to people, maybe we need to reevaluate that first question of do we value our relationship with Christ? Maybe we need to reevaluate our level of investment in that relationship. Because the thing is, is that when you're invested in something, when you're passionate about something, you don't really stray from it. And you tell people and you want to talk about it. When you're passionate about, passionate about your marriage, you want to tell other people about it. You want to serve your wife or your husband. When you're passionate about the gym, you don't miss a day. You get there early. You wear the right clothes. I don't know if that has anything to do with it. But you, you tell other people about it. You invite other people to the gym because you want to get that, you know, finder's fee from the gym. But like you're, you, you want to do it. You see the value in it and you want other people to be a part of it. And so, you know, I think about all that and I think about, I go back to that original point of that our Willingness to invite somebody 
is based off of our investment. So how invested are you? We, we talked about it last week, about all the different ways that we can, we can invest. So what's your level? What's your level of investment? Because depending on what that is, is going to decide how willing you are to invite somebody. Whether it's invite somebody to church or to a connect group, invite them to salvation, to the, this free gift that Jesus has given us. And so right now, um, we're, going to, uh, we're going to move into this time um, where a lot of churches, they, they close their service, and it's called an invitation, right? And I thought about, I thought about how that was, um, that was kind of fitting because we're talking about invite. And, and I thought about that invitation, and I thought about how when I first received Christ, that like the thing that I would tell people is like on July 23rd, 2001, I invited Jesus into my heart. And I was, and I was completely changed from that point on. You know, I, I've thought more about that statement and I'm like, wait a minute. Was that really what happened? I invited Jesus into my heart? And I thought about it for a second and I'm like, that's not what happened. I accepted Jesus into my heart he invited me. And that's the thing that I think we've got to understand. Jesus is the one that is giving the invitation. He is the one that is constantly pursuing each and every one of you. When are we going to receive it? When are we going to accept it and let it be something that we run with and it's not something that we just do half-hearted? It's something that we go as hard out as we can and we are just passionate about what Jesus has done for us. But I just think we have it backwards. I think it's all about what we've done. It's all about what, what we can get. The reality, it's, it's what Jesus has done. Because the, the thing is, is that just like Billy said last week, like the invite is easy. Like we try to make it really easy for you to invite people. Like, you know, you can, if you are on Facebook, you can go to our Facebook page. We usually have an image up there that talks about the current series. You can paste that, you can put it on your wall. Boom, you've invited somebody to church. Really easy. When you leave today, you can stop off at the net steps table or the guest services table, and there's going to be invite cards, just a standard church invite. Just tell somebody where we meet, when we meet, what we're about. Really easy, not hard at all. You know, if you, if you talk to somebody and you start telling them about church and they're like, ah, I just don't know, I don't know what it's going to be like, and, you know, and I just kind of get awkward sometimes, I don't, you know, they can go onto our website, go to our messages page, go to the, the teaching, and they can watch a message. We now film our services. You can watch exactly what goes on. And so they don't have an excuse anymore of why they would not want to come. Or, I don't know, you could just t- tell somebody about church. You don't even need to use a card. You don't need to use a website. You don't need to use Facebook. Um, because, you know, I think we've been given a much stronger tool than that. Um, and that's us. That's our voice. That's our... Uh, that's our presence. And you know, um, but I don't want to be like that servant that came to his master and was like, I tried. And the master's like, are you kidding me? Just get whoever you can. I don't want to be the one that's giving excuses about why I'm not inviting somebody to church, to a relationship with Christ. I don't want to give excuses. So the people in this room that you've been given an excuse for a long time You're like those people that were invited to the party, invited to the thing, and you just continue to to turn the other way. 
And the thing is, is that Jesus has been pursuing you your whole life and you've been running your whole life. And today's the day that you need to make that decision. And so my question is, is, is what are you gonna do? Are you gonna let another day go by where you run? And we're, gonna, we're about to, to do a song and we're gonna close up the service and it's a song called uh, Not Ashamed. And um, I love this song, um, but it's just talking about, um, basically from Romans 1.16, it's talking about us not being ashamed of the gospel. And so for, for those of you that I, that, I, that I talk to about that you need to step up, you need to take a net step and begin talking about what Jesus has done in your life, what Jesus has done while you've been here at Connection, and you need to begin inviting people. I pray that when you're singing this song, that like you don't just sing it just to sing it, you sing it as a declaration that you're saying, all right, I'm committing to this. I'm not ashamed anymore. I'm gonna sing at the top of my lungs. I'm gonna compel people. Whatever I gotta do, I'm gonna fill these seats. Maybe that's you. And, and, and during this song, you need to recognize that. You need to make a decision. You need to take that next step and say, okay, now I'm gonna get passionate about what Jesus is doing. Now I'm gonna get passionate about what this church is doing. And I'm gonna begin furthering the vision that, that God has given us. And for these, those of you that are in this room that you've been running for a long time and it's time for you to take that next step and accept the invitation that Jesus has been giving you, you need to do that. I'm not gonna make you stand up. I'm not gonna make you raise your hand. But during this last song, we got, we're gonna have some people over here that are gonna be standing by the prayer hallway. They prayed for me this morning. Holy moly, they know how to pray. Like, just tears and just liquids are just coming out because I was so encouraged by these people that were, were behind me, heart and soul. And I can look at their faces that are in this room right now. And it's so easy to be up here talking because I'm like, they got my back. We're gonna storm the gates of hell together. That's what I wanted to do. I was about to just headbutt that wall right there. That's not a head, that's a, okay. But like, it was so incredible. And what I, what I want to encourage you to do is during this last one, everybody's going to stand up. It's going to be dark. Nobody can even see you. I want you to get up out of your seat and I want you to go talk to them. I want you to go tell them, you know what? I've been running. I'm ready to receive Christ. I'm ready to receive this gift that only Christ could have done for us. The thing we hear a lot of times is I just felt like my feet were glued to the chair. My feet were glued to the floor. I couldn't get up. I couldn't make that move. Would you do it for this? Would you get out of your seat for this? Why wouldn't you get out of your seat to receive the greatest gift you could ever receive? So we're gonna sing this song. We're gonna get crunk. It's gonna be awesome. Band's gonna throw down, right? Y'all gonna do it? They're gonna throw down. It's gonna be good. Let me pray for us. And then we're going to sing with all of our hearts about how we are not ashamed of the gospel. It's gonna be loud. Get ready. So let's pray.